Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. You are being watched. You're listening to the Television Archive. The show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved media. My name is Thomas Michael Clark, and this is Person of Interest. These people irrelevant. We don't. Hunted by the authorities. We work in secret. You'll never find us. But victim or perpetrator, if your number's up, we'll find you. Today we will be discussing Season 4, Episode 6, titled Pretenders. Yet another really, really, really good episode. Uh, It does a lot of really cool stuff. Uh, So this episode, it's essentially divided into two parts. There are two separate storylines going along concurrently. Uh, We'll start with the standard number of this episode. Uh, So, this time around, our number is a guy working in insurance. He's very awkward, very... uh, What's the word I'm looking... Very introverted. He's a very introverted person who is nervous, or who seems to be nervous, around people. But we're following this guy, we're following this guy, we're following this guy. And eventually we find out that he's investigating the suicide of a co-worker's brother. Just trying to figure out what happened here. And as we follow this guy, and as we investigate along with him... We find out that this doesn't look like a suicide, really at all. Seems a hell of a lot like this guy might have just been straight up murdered. And this guy is on the trail of this dude's killers. This guy is on the trail of the people who killed his co-worker's brother. And this guy, wow, um, he's not the best at investigating. (laughs) He is not, uh, he's very clearly unexperienced. At one point, he puts on, like, a fake detective guise, and it's just rough to watch him just totally misunderstand police procedures and be totally unconvincing. My favorite moments of this episode are the moments when Reese is just, like, playing along, and it's like, hey, uh, detective, uh, Detective Forge, it was Jack Forge, I believe it was. Uh, I'm Detective Riley. Let's, I guess we are working the same case. Let's compare notes. <laughs> it's, it's really great. It's really, really, really great. <laughs> but he follows, uh, some 
phone calls, some phone records, uh, figures out that he was in contact with this one guy working at an airport. He goes to talk to him, walks in on a straight-up execution with gasoline being poured on the body and everything, and immediately gets in the crosshairs of these people trying to kill him. Immediately gets in the crosshairs of these people in the midst of this execution. And Reese then rescues him, and we keep up the detective charade for a little bit. Fusco's having none of it. Fusco's just like, what? what is this? What is happening right now? <laughs> this is really weird and dumb. But eventually, like, he's just like, oh crap, they're on to me. And just leaves and goes on his own again. And then he starts getting all these calls. These mysterious calls. And when he leaves his office out of discomfort over what's happening, he immediately gets kidnapped. And Reese rescues him. By the way, uh, turns out the brother of this co-worker was involved in smuggling very, like, high-intensity weapons. Like, with, like, massively explosive rounds. Extremely deadly. And we get this great, great sequence where Reese is, like, fighting this one guy who has this prototype of the gun and is just firing these explosive rounds. And it's, it's rough, man. It's really, really rough. And it's a great sequence. So after Reese, like, just mops the floor with all these guys, with all these kidnappers, this dude puts two and two together and is like, okay, you're not a cop. I don't know who you are, but you are not, like, you are not a detective. And he kind of even goes as far as to figure out that this was the man in the suit. He's like, you know, there was this... There was this vigilante a few years ago, uh, but he disappeared. Uh, they called him the man in the suit. Uh, are you the man in the suit? Like, the, he kind of figures it out on his own. And the level of fanboying this guy does over the man in the suit is beautiful to witness. At one point, he's like, you're like a superhero. And Reese is like, no, I'm not. And then Sean Fusco do, like, the cliche action movie thing of just driving up like very fast in separate cars and then slow motion walking towards towards them in badass fashion and the dude's like I mean you are <laughs> you are a superhero <laughs> I especially love oh my god okay so the most self-aware they've ever been the most self-aware this show has ever been when Reese is talking in his normal uh Soft, gravelly voice. Uh, talking all badass like he does. How are you doing that thing with his, your voice? What? Never mind. <laughs> oh, it's great. <laughs> at one point... At one point, this guy calls Shaw Reese's girlfriend. And Reese is like, she's not my girlfriend. Why? 
<laughs> oh, this guy is great. This guy is awesome. I love him. He is voice of the audience, quite honestly. Uh, but eventually, uh, an attack on the precinct happens. They're holding him at the precinct. They got him in this room. Someone comes in as FBI and captures him. Some other guys come in as evidence lockup cops and take the prototype gun. And the guy who tried to take our number is Elias's right-hand man. So... Our number is right now in the crosshairs of Elias. Reese immediately goes to Elias and it's just like, hey, what the hell? And Elias gives the explanation of like, okay, look, not what it looks like. I only made a move on this guy once. The other guy was this huge gun smuggler called the Armorer. And he is bad news. Uh, I have no interest in the gun trade, but I'm trying to make it so that it's not out of control, so that it's not, like, hugely ballooned out, so it doesn't, like, turn this city into Chicago. I mean, Chicago's a mess. Like, Chicago's just a hell zone. I'm trying to keep New York more orderly than that. So, basically the story, we hear the story of what happened from... Elias, who has investigated the whole thing. Basically what happened is this guy was supposed to smuggle in these weapons. He found out that he was smuggling weapons. And being a good man was like, I'm not smuggling these weapons. He hid the truck. He hid the truck with the mass store of weapons And then when they tried to interrogate him, when they tried to get the location out of him, something went wrong, and he ended up splat on the pavement. So now these guys are trying to find out where the guns are. They initially went to his contact, that is who he was lighting on fire. The guy who he initially was just like, hey, what the hell? Why am I carrying guns? Why are there guns in my truck? Jesus Christ, why didn't you tell me these are guns? And now our number is in their crosshairs because he has the SIM card from his phone. And that has the GPS locations of the truck on it. That has the GPS locations of the weapons on it. So they need that information from them. The dude, in Reese's words, literally has a treasure map in his pocket. And literally, as this is happening, this dude gets captured right out of Fusco's car. And he is in the hands of these weapon smugglers. They get the information out of him. And then they're like, okay. Guess I don't need you anymore. 
And just before they kill him, Reese and Fusco show up. They get into this huge gunfight that's, like, really, really great and very well staged and very well done. They're able to save this guy. This guy, by the way, literally dives in front of a bullet for Reese. And there's this funny moment where, like, he's clearly shot in the arm. It's clearly a flesh wound. And he's like, am I gonna die? You were shot in the arm, not the head. (laughs) Shut up. At one point, Elias shows up, takes all the guns, and is like, Hey, so... You are not really the guy behind this. Someone else was pulling the strings. Who is it? The guy does not tell him and elects to just flat out die. And that's that. Our number is safe. He returns back to his job. He's a hero for helping the NYPD stop a dangerous gun smuggler. Everyone loves him now. And everything's all good. But then Elias, now having figured out on his own who is responsible for this, sets a meet with the person at the top of this gun smuggling ring. And it is Dominic. Dominic created the armorer as a fall guy. To take the blame for if this uh, if this went wrong for everything, basically. Basically, he created this guy so that nothing could trace back to him on the gun smuggling angle. And Dominic's like, hey, stop interfering in my business. Stop interfering in my business. And Elias is like, hey, I'm not interfering in anything. I'm just conducting business of my own. Don't get in my way. So we have got... A bit of a cold war happening between the two biggest mob bosses in the city. Between Elias and Dominic. So yeah, there's that. Meanwhile, Finch, the entire time Finch is like on the other side of the planet in Hong Kong for uh, this conference for her, for his professor governor. The governor? His professor cover. He's supposed to give a lecture and all that. And he actually meets this woman who he hits it off with a bit. Uh, who he has a little bit of interest in. Uh, she's actually the sponsor of this event. Uh, working at a startup that's looking for an angel investor. And uh, they're sort of they're sort of being very friendly. And then they get mugged on the street. Uh, both, uh, all their shit gets stolen. This woman's purse, uh, Finch's bag. Like, they take it and run. And Finch is, like, very insistent, like, no, let's not go to the police. Let's fix this ourselves. Let's fix this ourselves. Let's fix this ourselves. And he's like, I saw this writing on his plate, like... 
Uh, let's figure out what that leads back to. And it leads back to a takeout place. Uh, this dude's a delivery guy. So Finch and this woman show up. Finch knocks him off his bike and is like, where's our stuff? And it's in the dude's delivery bag. They uh, take their bags and run. And they, at the end of this conference, have like a nice little send-off. A nice little uh, deal. A nice little goodbye. Like, hey, I got an angel investor thing in New York. Uh, let's, uh, let's get some coffee, maybe. Uh, and Finch is like, okay, let's do that. And then as soon as she gets sent away, it is revealed that Finch orchestrated all of this. Finch orchestrated the mugging and getting the bags back and everything. Uh, and apparently he had this guy uh, type, uh, uh, install something on her computer. Plant something on her computer. We don't know what, but this was for a larger game. And we figure out why very quickly, because turns out, uh, the potential angel investor in this woman's company is connected to Samaritan. Apparently, this woman wrote an algorithm that Samaritan is very, 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 very interested in. For whatever reason, we have no idea why. So there's that. Hey, remember the end of the last episode when Finch was like, Hey, machine, we should talk? Not saying these two are connected, but... It's a pretty damn good coincidence that these two events happened literally within an episode of each other. Just saying. Just saying. Anyway, great episode all around. Uh, if you like this, favorite the podcast, anchor.fm slash TV archives, so that you can be here every single Monday through Friday as I go through every single episode of this and other shows. And you can find it on pretty much whatever podcatcher app you prefer. Feel free to call in. As well, it's as simple as just a push of a button on the Anchor app. I'll play those on the show from time to time if you feel so inclined to send those in. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, TomTom4468, and support the show. Patreon.com slash Thomas Clark pledges a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there. Uh, if you become a patron, you can also get access to the Television Archive Supplemental, which I'll put up there once every month. Uh, just put up one last night. Uh, talking about the parts you lose, a film from one of the co-creators of *Halt and Catch Fire*. Uh, so I talked about how that was, and how it is extremely remarkable, and how unremarkable it is, and how little I have to say about it. <laughs> it's fun. It's a fun time to watch me be very disappointed in uh, the guy who created. The most severely underrated show in all of television history. Making a very, very, very mediocre film. Anyway, uh, or if that doesn't work for you, you can also support this show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Tomorrow we will be discussing Season 4, Episode 7. Talk to you then.